This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So stars dropped their second straight, uh, three to two to Boston. Um, has it crossed Craig's mind that I know you've said over and over you have to beat the people in front of you, but the inability to beat what I feel are the upper tier teams thus far with Vancouver, Boston, Vegas, and Toronto games that. Uh, I think the Stars fared well in Vegas, but I think Toronto outplayed them. I think Vancouver outplayed them. And last night, I think they were, for the most part, outplayed by Boston as well. Um, it, it Again, what, 10, 11 games, whatever it is. Yeah, it's probably like too said, early, but it's in my <clears throat> mind. Yeah, the, the sky's not falling. You know, they're a good team. Um, I think that, I, I don't know if we've seen a complete game, but again, this is kind of history with Dallas, right? They're, they're, they find the good news is, is they find ways to win games and they have found ways. And unfortunately so far this year, I think they're not that they haven't played well, they've played well, but they're leaning too much on their goaltending. And, you know, the, he's had to make some, some big saves yes. to keep in gains. And, he, and that's what he's getting paid to do. So, and anybody will tell you that's what goalies are supposed to do. And that's what they're supposed to do. But you know, and again, I, I've said it enough. It's it, some of these things for me are self-inflicted only because of the, sometimes the way that they play in their own zone. Um, I think they can, they, they, at times they create their own issues in front of their goaltenders and system wise, whatever it is, but um, you know, they're a deeper team, but I'll tell you what it, what last night's game did for me is it tells me, um, about Matt Duchesne. They missed yes. Matt Duchesne last Yes, night. very much um, so. You know, because they, they don't have, and again, good on Jim Neal to go out and grab him and get him for a good price. And, you know, he's, he's proving that he wants another deal here next year, as long as at least the way it's going right now. Um, but when you don't have his skill set in there, there is a bit of a drop off, but then on the other side of the coin, Wyatt Johnson was great last night, yeah, you know, and <clears throat> so he stepped up. And th- I think that's, in a way, that's a good thing too, you know, because guys are going to get hurt, and and I'm, sometimes they get hurt at the wrong times of the year and big games and things like that. But I, I think for coaches and upstairs people, they're going, okay, well, if he's out, um, this player here, we can give him four or five more minutes a night because you know he picked up the slack and. Um, but 
you know, like I said, I what, what's surprising through the first 10, 11 games, whatever it is, is that they really haven't got their power play in gear. They've gotten chances. It just hasn't found the back of the net. I mean, I think they're somewhere under 10%. Yes. That's not what we're used to. And again, sometimes that's because we're used to them scoring, you know, two to three power play goals a night. Right. And it's going to come. And that and that's probably because not everybody is is on on point right now. I, you know, Robo, I think Robertson's got a he's got to get his confidence and a couple more got to start going in the net for him. Um, you know, but but Hens had opportunities. Joe had, you know, Joe scores last night again. Um, the guy just he just doesn't show age, does he? No. Um but that that's the if there's two areas and 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 one is only, and I don't mean it in a bad way from saying concerning, only because I see it, I saw it last year in the playoffs. I saw how things went in their own zone during the playoffs against a really good Vegas team. And Vegas exploited some of those things. And to me, that was the difference. Um, otherwise, they're, you know, they're arm in arm with each other. The 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 power play stuff is gonna come around. I, yep. they're just they're just too good and, and too talented. And uh, again, you know, just going back to, to last night's game, they should have had two, three goals on the power play. Swayman was just, you know, that's terrific. Good. Yeah. So the contender for Boston. Yeah. And, and you run into those things, you run yeah. into them and, and, and that happens. But again, like I said, th- there's no panic button here because, you know, we're, we're, we're a month into the season. I also thought Ty Delandria showed well last night. And, you know, I, I love Ty's game, and I'm hoping he gets opportunities because I know he's not putting the puck in the net, but I saw two shifts that were created by Delandria's hustle that resulted in quality scoring chances. Well, that's what he is. I mean, we, we talked about this. I, I remember saying, you know, the first, in the first 10 games I saw him play when he first was rookie, I love the guy. But, but, but I kind of, I cheer for those kind of guys. Um, you know, the, the third liners, the fourth liners, the, the grinders, the guys that do all the dirty work, they go to the net, they take the hits, they deliver the hits, they play hard on the wall, they get pucks in, they get pucks out. They understand that the way to stay in the lineup, in the rotation, um, play more than eight, nine minutes a night is to do all the little things. They're dependable. And you know what you get from them. Are, are they, you know, no, they're not going to put up 35 goals, but they're going to be part of that. They're going to be part of why your depth guys, um, because you, you you win championships pretty much because of all your top players, but you don't win them without the other guys. The, the, the top guys can't play 35 minutes a night, and you have to be able to lean on and give roles to, the bottom six forwards. You have to give roles to the bottom two, bottom three defensemen. You have to be able to give them minutes and if nothing more than to give the top guys time to get back to the bench and, and recover and rest for two, three shifts. You know, you get to your, your number two line goes out. We can throw the number three line out. That gives our number one line a little bit of rest. And if we can get our number four out there and play them 10, 12, 14 minutes a night, Jesus, now we got balance and everybody's just itching to get out there because they're ready to go and you know they're not tired. So uh <clears throat> they're they're part of the fabric of uh of championship teams. I mean, go down the list of of all the teams that have won it, and you can go back to Vegas and you can go to Colorado. And yeah, their top players were their best players, but there's always two, three, four other guys, defensemen, uh, five and six uh 
a defenseman number five and six, and and maybe it's the number 10, 11, 12 forward, you know, that have big games and or kill penalties or out there at the end of a period, um, the last 30 seconds to, to get out of the period with the lead, you know, things like that. So it, 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 it takes a group. It's, it's not just always just those top guys that, that ultimately get, get you where you want to go. So Craig, I had this on my mind, but I didn't want to say it because it's, it's kind of silly saying it until I was watching the hockey night in Canada feed of stars Vancouver on Saturday night. And the analyst brought up, he said, you know, I'd like to see some of those. It seems as though the stars miss the net a lot on their shots, almost like they're being, you know, too particular in where they're trying to shoot it. And I wanted to get your thoughts as a former player, because I say that as well. I mean, so many times I just feel as though the shot, you know, misses and hits the glass, you know, I mean, are they being too particular? Well, there's a couple reasons and, and I, and I will do it again today. I do it three times a week in our warm-up drills for our, with our team. I will blow the whistle and I'll start screaming because all I hear is our pucks hitting the glass. And they're, but from a youth standpoint, they love the top shelf goals, you know, because that's what they see. That's YouTube. Yep. They see all the highlights. Unfortunately, and I think what brings some of that on, again, you're, you're really talking to the wrong guy about this as we know <laughs> but i mean it, it's, it's just a really bad question for me but i can tell you just from because what happens is they're trying to be too perfect and really what lends them to that and you talk about vancouver their goaltender has been lights out this year lights out and so you don't see any holes and now they're trying to find that little tiny piece of space and i remember and and i've I've talked to our guys about this and for the life of me to this day, 40 years later, I have no idea why Guy Lafleur, hall of famer, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. The flower came up to me my rookie year. <clears throat> it was about two months into the season, three months, maybe. Uh, now let's keep in mind. I didn't even score my first year in the NHL. I got no goals. So why flower comes up to me and says, let's, do not, do not pick these top little corners or these little seams here. You shoot, you shoot the puck just to miss the goalie. Just miss the goalie. That's all you have to do, which makes sense because when you come down, and again, not my not my bailiwick, but when players come down and they see a guy like Demko or they see a guy like Swayman or, and they don't see much. They don't see anything, so they start to get too perfect. And you and and you, instead of looking at the that top little corner, high corner, just miss his shoulder. Just aim for his shoulder and just miss his shoulder. I it, I guess it makes sense to some of those guys. Um, you know, I mean, again, the wrong guys speaking here. And I tell our guys all the time, just and ask Brett Hall how he didn't how he didn't pick corners. He'll tell you. I mean, he did. But he, it was all about his release. Get mm -hmm. it and shoot it. Get it and shoot it. Make sure it's going on net. And his one-timers that he's known for, let's let's talk about Ovechkin. I don't think that guy picks his corners. No. He gets it off, and it's a heavy shot. You know, they it's got to be in the right spot for these guys. But it's about the quickness. It's about getting it and getting it off your stick. Don't let the goalie set up. Don't let him come out and challenge and all this other kind of stuff. But again, like I say, I'll say it again. <laughs> 
ask that question when you have Joe Pavelski on the air <laughs> on your podcast or or Rupe Hints or Robertson. Come so, on, you must have roofed uh, one in your career. Pardon me? You must have roofed one in your core career. Yeah, on my own goalies at times when I went down to block him and it hit me in the hip or something like that and went upstairs on Belfour or Patrick and Eddie'd always give me the stare. <clears throat> but then them damn goalies and they forget all about the ones that you, you you save for them, you know, the ones you go flying across and take it in the back of the head or something like that. But the one time it hits you and goes in. Um <clears throat> but no, I've I I've never I've never roofed. If, if I roofed, if it went upstairs, it's because it went off with somebody. It was never intentional. I play in game in leagues and stuff like that now. Hell, I don't even try. Okay, I, so, I just so get it therefore, that. where and we'll get back to Stars Bruins, but I need to know, I've never asked you this, where is Ludwig's first goal puck? Uh, you know, it is in a box somewhere the nhl did this and it's in a box and what it was is it's a plaque uh engraved on the plaque it'll give you that it starts I'm, I'm trying to vision it right now there your name is on top the puck is glued to this plaque uh it tells you where it was at the team that you played against which was winnipeg for me and it has the goalie's name that you scored it against, which was Staniowski, Staniowski, something like that. And then it'll have who assisted on the goals. Crazy enough, it was Larry Robinson and Guy Lafleur. Wow. Had the assists on my, my first goal. And then I just saw something a few months ago where they were talking about Larry Robinson's um, 800th point came whenever it came and Larry had an assist on my goal on one of my dozen goals in my career, <laughs> something like that. So, which is very cool for me because, you know, Larry Robinson was and and, and still is, I mean, he's just first class again, the big bird, uh, a hall of fame of the whole, whole yeah. nine yards. He's done everything. So, wow. um, yeah, th those aren't, uh, you know, I think mine is actually on a stone tablet that that came from the Bible. That's how old it is. But one of them tablets. <laughs> Do you remember? Was it was it a one timer or was it a wrister that got through? No, it was it was just a shot that I threw at the net from the point, and you know he didn't see it obviously. But but then I went. I actually when I found that out, um, uh, and this was old. This was less than a year ago because somebody else asked me the same question. I looked it up, and or somebody looked it up. I think I did. But anyway. <laughs> We had scored eight goals in that game, <laughs> so it was eight, and I think it was the eighth goal. So, uh, and a lot of minutes and, for Luds that night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, and and I think I think he was. I think I saw that he never played again. Oh. <laughs> uh, you ended his career. You yeah. ended his career. So is it? No, it, it wasn't me. I, I did not get the last goal of the game. It was just, <laughs> it was one of them, you know, them ones in the middle that really don't matter. The one of those kind of things, which all, most of my, all my goals were like that. So when you get a hole in one, you know, you get back to the clubhouse, you have to buy drinks for everyone. When you score your first NHL goal, is that the same? Uh, it wasn't at the time. I, I didn't have any money at the time to buy any. So they, they gave me a break on that. So, uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was nothing like that. Let me tell you, it, it's just something you really don't even want to talk about because you, you just know that see, and that was my second year, my first year, it was in Montreal shot from the point and it did go upstairs as a matter of fact, but 
it did not count. And we did not have review because it did not look, according to the linesman, the referees, they said, no, they did not go in the net. Well, the journal, the paper in Montreal, the Bible, as they call it, had a picture two days later of the puck in the net. How mm. the hell they had that? So I technically did score in my first season, but it didn't count. So I went 82 games or whatever the season was and had no goals and have probably only had about five or six assists. I don't honestly don't even remember. But um, so I did not technically score my my first NHL goal until I don't even know when that one, probably halfway through my second season or something like that. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the Stars scored a goal. Looks like they got some momentum. Crowd gets into the game. And then Mason Marchment commits holding the stick on David Hasternak, which killed momentum, and the Bruins went on to score. And Pete DeBoer, uh, after the game, said, poor penalty, poor timing, no sugarcoating that. I'd like to say it was a bad call, but it was a penalty. You can't do that at that point. We battled back into the game. He's a smarter, better player than that. And as Saad Youssef points out, uh, Marchment didn't take another shift for that game. So... You know, I you try to be aggressive and penalties happen, but at the same time, would you agree with coach there that that's a that was a tough penalty, uh, especially since even though the puck was in the vicinity, I don't think it had to do with the play. Right. Yeah, that you summed it up. You summed it up right there. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and again, it, it's a, a we're talking the first 10 12 games of the year too, right? But but these games are different. When you play Boston and you play Colorado and you play Vegas, you know, those teams, these games are different. And regardless of when you play them, and the reason is, is they're, they're, I guess people would call all of these teams, including Dallas, they're all cup contenders. And you want to, you, you look back at some of these games and, and you look and even if you don't deserve the win, but you beat them, that matters. And, and so it's a game that Pete DeBoer and the team wanted to win because it's a good team. I mean, Jesus, they have something incredible going back to last year. I, I know like three weeks ago or something like that, they had, going back to the right, they had 147 points in their last 80-some games. Like it's regular season yeah. stuff. So they're, they're And they're a team right now that everybody said they were done. You know, their top two centermen are done and, you know, there's changes and all this other kind of stuff. They just pick up right where they're left off. So they're a measuring stick. It's a measuring stick game. And it's not a game that that coaches and GMs and everybody don't want to want to win. And like I said, back to Marchman, this is part of who Marchman is too. I mean, he has to when he's in your face and finishing checks and drops the gloves occasionally. That's that's part of his that's part of his calling card. He has to be that kind of player, um, you know. And I think sometimes maybe he gets to where he just wants to dangle maybe and wants to, you know, score goals, but he can be that total package, you know, in that role. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I can see it, but, but let me tell you, there, there was, there's other things. There, there's other things in the game that, that led to the first two goals. I mean, I, I run them back and I go back and I use them. I'm going to use them again today. And I'll say, this is why we don't just, our particular team, we don't play this way, this style. And, and again, like I said, there there's lots of teams that do, and you can play whatever style you want. I don't. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just I, I'm an old dog. 
Yeah. And, and, um, you know, so, and there's other things that led to, to chances during the game and, but Otter was great again. I mean, he made some big saves again. So, but, it, but I can see where it's frustrating. And I, and I go back to, because it's the Boston Bruins, you know, if you're losing to somebody in the middle of the pack or down, there may be a whole bunch of other reasons. You may not look at that one particular time, you know, and maybe it's because, but then again, why didn't we kill the penalty? You know, it, it was like, wasn't it immediately like immediately. within six seconds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes it sting even more Yeah. because now you're, you're still not done staring at the guy that went over to sit in the penalty box. You're still pissed off that he, that he took a penalty and then you're probably still staring at him when the, while they're dropping the puck. And then all of a sudden it ends in, up in the net. And so now, you know, now there's little, little streams of smoke that are coming out of yours at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but, but again, <clears throat> they got the day off today they'll come back they'll go to work and you know because i think his line has been good this year i mean when that's why that's why sometimes but but again these are coaches this is what they do <laughs> so no it certainly I has just, but i mean you're right duchene's loss last night certainly affected that line it was a different line yeah yeah but that that line is a good line i mean when you look at duchene and, and tyler and mason they, they've been a really good, effective line. So that's what allows them to play three deep or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And, and, and roll and, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and they're, they're not afraid to um, when your top line comes off the ice after a regular shift and, and you get a power play, they're not afraid to send that. I mean, sometimes they'll just, you know, send that top line back out there. You know, we want you guys taking a face off in the offensive zone. Let's start right now. But but you don't see that all the time now. You're seeing Duchesne get out there yeah. in his group, you know, because they're like, oh, yeah, we got a we got a 1A and a 1B here. Yeah, I thought the and, Bruins were great on the face-off power. last night, by the way. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's something the Stars pride themselves on, and I thought the Bruins were the better team. Well, the percentages show they were the better team last night in the face-off circle. Yeah, but Jamie Jamie's just... Jamie Ben's been unreal. I mean, Jamie Ben really has good. been really good in all diff- all areas of the game. He really has. Jamie, w- when you get Jamie in a faceoff circle, like, I mean, it's almost like you would have to think that they are creating faceoff, especially offensive zone faceoffs, around when Jamie Ben is on the ice because he is just strong. He he's a he's a he's an animal on the faceoffs, especially on his backhand side. Um, which, you know, does I don't, to me, I don't, I could care less what side of the ice you're on when you take a backhand. I, I don't care if it's in your own zone, just let your defenseman and goalie know, Hey, I'm coming back this way. I, I, I have no problem. Just win it. We know what's going on, but, but Jamie just seems to, you know, always come out of games at six over 60%. Yeah, I don't look at the stats all the time, but it just seems like he's always winning faceoffs. But, but I think that they're a good team and you see how many things are created off of faceoffs in the offensive zone for them. So, Finally, I did want to talk about number four um, because a lot of people early season and it was too early to talk about, but you know, what's it going to take for Miro to win the Norris to be considered for the Norris to be a Norris trophy candidate. And um, you know, there are just a lot of quality defensemen uh, out there in the NHL. So it is tough to crack the top three. Um, What are you seeing in Miro's game? I did like Craig. I pointed this out last night with, uh, with Sean and David, who joined me right after the game to talk about the game. I did like that Miro, I felt, was more aggressively offensively, and I want to see more of that. I liked how he 
was entering the zone and was aggressive in the zone with some of his rushes. And I like that he was trying his best to put pucks on net. Well, he had eight shots last night, I think. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I know he had two off of a two one draws, two face offs. But unfortunately, I, I listen, you, you can, I don't care, Al Freddy, Al McKinnis, the guys that had some of the hardest, Chara, you can take the best guys that had the hardest shots in the game, you can put them on the blue line with the goalie in the net and give them 10 pucks. They ain't scoring maybe one without traffic. I'm talking about just the goalie and the, and, and the shooter. It ain't going in. And look at the, well, you don't remember probably, but the, the two face-off ones that Miro got even held the puck, held on to it for a couple seconds or a second, waiting for somebody to get to the front of the net and nobody did. And, and that, that a lot of credit goes to the Boston Bruins, you know, because they were in lanes and, you know, they weren't allowing them. That's what you're supposed to do. If you lose a face-off, hold your guy up, let our goaltender see the puck. And, and so part of that, but to, to get to Miro, you're, you're right. And I think when you, when you find big games, Miro seems to do more. And, and I, I don't, I don't know why, but, but you seem to see him more rushing the puck and things like that. But, but I've said for a long time, I, I don't look at, like Hughes in, in, in Vancouver, I think Hughes is, I think as a matter of fact, I think the Hughes brothers are leading yeah. the NHL in scoring right now. The yeah. one in Vancouver and the one in uh, Jersey. I, I think, think they've surpassed, their, you know, it's close, but I think there's a, yeah. I think they've surpassed the Kachucks as far as the first family in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, so, but the I, I, Peterson is up there too, or Pedersen, whatever they're calling him, Vancouver. He's oh, up there yeah. But anyway, um, though they're though the Fox Adam Fox in in, in uh, New Best York, yeah. and of, of course McCarr in Colorado. Yep. Um, Edmund in Tampa. Hughes. Well, which one in Tampa? Edmund. Well, Ekholm Ekholm is more. I, I look at Ekholm more as a rounded one. Yeah, you know he's more rounded. He can play good defense in front of his net. He's got a bit of an edge to him. He's hard to play against. Um, they've got Boucher, who's their big, big hammer now from the back in Edmonton. You know he's going to bomb for a shot. But those other guys I mentioned, they're more. And then Car- obviously Eric Carlson's been there sure. for a long time. Yeah, you know these are guys that play as well east west as they do north and south. Yeah, but there's more. Uh, ability to put the puck in the net i believe to them and their their playmakers miro to me is more of an all-rounded one and and unfortunately they're not the ones and i'm not talking about miro the other ones i mentioned they're not the ones that i would give the norris trophy to i mean all you're doing is giving a norris trophy to the the top scoring defenseman in the league that that's all it is and i think miro's game because of the way that he can move laterally, and I'm talking when he's going backwards, um, to be able to make it difficult on people to get to the net, get their shots off, and his quickness, to me, that's more of a Norris caliber defenseman that I would look for, that I would vote for. Not the guy that ends up with, you know, with 101 points, but he was min- a minus player, or he's a liability in his own zone. I don't look at it that way. And I think Miro's game is getting more rounded. Not that those other guys that I was talking, Fox has got a good game and, and Hughes has got a good game. Uh, Carlson, no. I mean, I, I never understood why why Pittsburgh went and got him. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why any team would go get him. He, 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 yes, he's a great offensive guy and he can put points up, but 
dude, the other that that one blue line closest to your goalie, he wants no part of that. Yeah. And you better put him with, with a really good defenseman that can, you know, handle a lot of out and upward opportunities. So so but but I just think that Miro Miro is doing more. I I mean you can tell. I, I just you can tell in his demeanor something. Even from watching on TV, it looks like oh, he's a little not that Miro ever gets pissed off, but he's he 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 can he can turn it up a notch. And so maybe he just has to approach every game to be like a Boston or like a Vegas and say, it doesn't matter the opponent. This pick out a game, show him all the things that he did aggressively and you know, did all the things that you you want to be a defenseman at both ends of the rink and say, this is who you can be every single night. Unfortunately, you know, we need you to play 29, yeah. 30 minutes a night. Yeah. You know, yeah. so Victor Hedman, 14 points in 11 games for Tampa. He eats up a lot of ice time. So, well, he, yeah, but, but the thing is, is he's been hurt for the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been playing hurt. He won the cup hurt and it looks like he's healthier now, yep. but then again, those guys typically, and I scored last night. It, I didn't think it was it was a good shot and everything. I didn't think it was a great goal. The goaltender should have made the save, but regardless, but he has weapons up front. You know, Point Kucherov and all these guys that translate his passes into points, and and most of them, I would imagine, the majority of them come on the power play because they've got a super. You know, you got Stamkos on one side, Kucherov there, you got Point in the slot. Headman that can pass with anybody. It doesn't even matter who the fifth guy is. Those four guys can, you know, pick you apart, which they did to, to Toronto for most of the game and found a way to lose it. But regardless, um, yeah, he and he's got the size. He he plays with an edge that you don't even see, and and because he's so big, he doesn't have to look like he's moving people. He just does when he wants to. So, but Miro's not that. Miro's not going to get into a lot of battles in front of the net it's more about posi- positional play with mural so we're gonna have brad lukovich on the show soon sir any dirt? who are you gonna have on brad lukovich luko yeah luko's coaching a uh youth team now too yep absolutely so yeah trying to have uh as many of the uh old timers as uh possible or older timers should i say yeah. um yeah. any dirt yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you dirt on Luke. Okay. Luke comes to our alumni skates, um, on Fridays, gets there, takes his equipment down from our, you know, his locker, lays it out. Like we're getting dressed and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we're getting dressed and get ready to go on there. And as I'm walking out the door, there's Luke sitting in the lounge, having a drink, never steps on the ice. So there, there's, and I give it to him all the time. I'm like, Luke, that's you're coming on the ice. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna. And then he ends up talking to somebody in the room and, you know, he has a little whiskey probably and a little, little drinky poo. And we don't see him until we get off the ice. I so, will, I will, I will play that for him. And I'm sure he'll get a good kick out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is uh greatness. He is the Grinch literally for Halloween. Two times Stanley did you Cup. See the picture is not yet. I did. Are we allowed to use that? Can I put that out in public, or is this a private? Is this a private Craig and Gavin picture? Yeah, that's it. Me and Tweety Bird. <laughs> Boy, it's a good costume, Craig. You nailed it. Oh, you and you know what the the problem with that was? <clears throat> like I I painted all I I do my stuff all the time, and it's not yet. <clears throat> it was not real good this year because my AC did not work for two days here, and we oh. couldn't get a guy here to fix it. 
So I had three fans in the bathroom. I started about 10 o'clock in the morning. And we were down there at like, uh, we go on the ice at 3, 3.50, whatever it was that day for the game. I am sweating. It's ringing wet. And the fans are blowing shit all over. The little makeup brushes are flying across the bathroom counter onto the floor. And, and then I'd have to stop at about five minutes, run out into the living room, stand in front of that fan because it was like 84 degrees in the house and humid. And it was, you know, it naturally went out at the wrong time. So, man, yeah. who, who knew? I mean, the things we find out about Craig Ludwig on this podcast that you, sir, are a massive Halloween guy. I'm an open book, man. I, I, I love Halloween. But the one thing is on Halloween, my, every light in the house is turned off. The doors are locked. I watch TV in the bedroom. Don't bother. Don't be bringing my doorbell for you know, <laughs> candy bars or something. I'd hate to give your kids a six pack of Aikman's beer. Or my Man, beer. So I, I thought about that it. one year, just showing up with like a little pumpkin, um, like candy holder and ringing your doorbell. You're a little pumpkin every day of the year. <laughs> just got to stick a, a stem on top of your head hey. and paint you orange. You look like it. You'd be you'd just like a jack-o'-lantern. I'm just excited when you get inducted into the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. Probably your family, your kids will be there, and I'll be sitting at your table. And I just, I, I'm excited about it, sir. Yeah, they can, they can bring me in the little box with the, with the when they ground you up and they put you in that box after they cremate you. They can bring, you can bring me to that, that event. <laughs> Craig, you are a beast. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. All right, it's always a slice. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your ice time today, sir. And that's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. Thank you, one and all, for your support of this program. Really appreciate it. Remember to favorite, follow it, and we'll have more in Spits and Suds uh, in the upcoming days right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.